Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Welcome to the Backpacking and Bushes podcast, everybody. With me today is a man who has survived being struck by lightning, endured being attacked by a bear while listening to this very podcast, and most impressively, lived to tell the tale after eating the extremely high calorie and low nutritional content food, poutine. Justin Outdoors, how's it going, man? Pretty, pretty good. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. And I, I'm here with the man who walks barefoot on the spot where he wants to set up his tent in order to lay down a footprint. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Gotta bring in the footprint. Oh my gosh, yeah. that is the footprint. That kind, of, that kind of leads into the topic. Um, it's kind of in line with what we're going to be talking about today, so... We got, yeah, we got some backpacking scams or, you know, like backpacking gear scams today. So I'm definitely excited to talk to you about that. And uh, in case you can't tell, uh, our usual usual fellow adventure out there, Derek's not with us today. He's got some serious life stuff going on right now. So uh, I got Justin, he's he's guest host. And man, we are honored to have you. So, so thank you so much for joining the show. Happy to, happy to be here. It's, you, got, you guys are awesome. Always awesome to hang out with. It's always fun. Yeah, man. Well, we, we appreciate you. So like before we jump into the content, I got I got a couple like things on the agenda to talk about here. So we we've been trying to work on our YouTube channel. We're trying to, you know, be a fraction of what you are on YouTube. And so I put out like a new promo video that's supposed to be for like people that are new to our channel. Just kind of like, you know, what's our channel all about? That kind of thing. Yeah. I saw that. And so we had some, some of our guests on. Yeah, you commented on that, and you didn't make the cut, and you were a little, like, upset about mm-hmm. that. I was, I, was I, I thought I thought we had something going. I thought we had something good. And then <laughs> I look at you have everyone and their dog on the, the, on the trailer. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> Everybody yeah. except for Justin. Yeah. No, I apologize. When um, we started recording the video podcast, we were using Zoom at the time, and... I, yeah, we didn't know what we were doing, so I didn't have any of that original video footage. So, yeah, you'd have been first, man. So you'd have been first on the cut. Awesome. Next trailer. Yeah, next time. Exactly. We're recording this now, so I'll have some some better stuff. But, um, okay, so that was one thing. The other thing was, uh, I was like a couple months ago, I want to say, I put out a trip invite email to you because we're going to be heading up to your area. Our July trip is going to be in the Banff area up in your yeah. neck of the woods. And I sent the email to you, something like 1.15 p.m. And by 1.30, so 15 minutes later, you're like, I'm in. I thought that was the most amazing email response time for a trip invite of all time. Like that, so just thank you for that. I don't really have like a question. I just want to thank you for that. Yeah, it's well, it's in my backyard and you guys are coming up here. I, I, don't, even, I don't even know if you gave me 
like uh, the dates at that point in time, but um, <laughs> you might, I you might I have. Did. I hope I <laughs> did. did. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, I had so one of the guys that usually comes on our trip. I had invited back in like November, and uh, and he still hadn't responded. And that was just a couple months ago, anyway. So I just thought, man, I don't know how how you do it or how we can set the standard so that that's like what the expected response time is. But that was amazing. So thank you for that. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that trip. I, I'm I'm hoping it's. Uh, is everyone book? Has everyone started booking flights and everything for that trip up here? Because we're, I think, there's some good spots that we uh, might be going to. I, I don't know. I mean, you're you're more well traveled than I am. Should we be, like let's see July right now? It is end of April or early May. Are we? Should we be booking flights at this point? Maybe. I'd I'd, pr- I'd probably okay. start. Yeah. All right. I'll get on that. Yeah. I was honestly to be like with the guys we have going. I was just I was on them. I was kind of like the um, the passport police. I was like, have you guys gotten your passports yet? And then a week later, that's check, more yeah, checking in with that stuff. So, all right. Last yeah. thing I want to talk about before we jump in today is you're not only a man with a super popular YouTube channel, you now have a podcast yourself out. So can you tell us like what your podcast is called, what your podcast is about and how we can find that? The last time I was on the show with you guys, it was kind of the impetus for it. I was like, yeah, I had a lot of fun. You guys are doing something really cool. I, I love the, the way that you can really interact with, um, like the audience in a little bit more of an open way with the longer form of the podcast. So went out, started a podcast and it's, it's about the thing that I know best, which is gear. Um, and I called it the gear priority podcast with Justin outdoors. It's on mm-hmm. its own channel on YouTube. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple. It kind of, if you, if you Google at this point, it's kind of in the Google search engine. Um, you'll be able to, you'll be able to find it. It's, it's yeah. All about diving deep. Okay. The, 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 the kind of tagline is it's all about diving deep into the gear and technologies that help us be more comfortable and confident on our outdoor adventures. And got some pretty sweet guests. Started off with Dan Durston, um, got the designer of okay. MSR stoves on, the designer of the new Rab sleeping pad. It's, yeah, we, we and we go beyond wow. kind of the features and spec sheets into some really kind of neat stories behind the gear and how it was developed. So I, okay, mm-hmm. so I've got, just as like a side comment, I've got Dan Durston on my like potential guest list for our show. You can be honest. Is this a good fit? I would. I would. (laughs) (laughs) You're laughing. (laughs) Dan's a super nice guy, but he's he's like he's he's pretty serious. So depending on how you set if you depending on how you set him up for it, like if if um, if he thinks he's coming on to a serious podcast, I think he might you might you might throw him for a little bit of a loop. But (laughs) he's also a really easygoing guy. I would probably have a lot of fun with you guys either way. So our podcast isn't secret. Like you can go and listen to any episode at any point. <laughs> so anybody that comes on our show can find out kind of what we're all about. But I didn't know if I was going to start off with a conversation with like, so Dan, Backpacking Magazine has you ranked. <laughs> if he was going to like roll with that, if he's going to be like, uh, actually, there is no Backpacking Magazine. I, th- I think he'd be, he'd probably feel more like, what, what am I doing with my life if I don't know about this magazine where I've been ranked? Because he, he has an alert somehow, this sixth sense where he knows when Durston or Exmit has been mentioned anywhere in the okay. world on the on the internet. So yeah, he'd, right. he'd probably be very concerned at that point in time. We've we've talked about his gear before. So if he's, if he's that aware, then perhaps he's listened to that and then realized, okay, this might not be a good fit. I just, I don't know. <laughs> I've been going back and forth because your show is... Like we wouldn't be a guest on your show because you're talking about, you know, deep diving into gear and talking to experts. Oh, you, you will be. We're going to talk about the jet boil. For deep dive into gear? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it turns on, like, goes fast. 
boils, boils water. water. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you'll lose credibility, so I wouldn't put that on you. But all right, so if you want deep dive into gear and talk about engineering behind the gear, it sounds like like sounds like you got quite the variety variety of guests on there. So yeah, check it out. We'll 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 circle back at that at the end of the episode. Make sure that we plug that again, and then we'll have that in the show description as well. Yeah, if your if your cheeks are hurting from laughing too much watching your or listen to your podcast, and you can hop over to mine. Guaranteed, no laughs. Just straight no. Oh, <laughs> man, you got a good sense in here. I, I bet you pull it out. So, all right, check it out. Check it out. But speaking of gear, we got gear scams, and uh, let's get to it. So, all right, what constitutes in your mind a gear scam? Yeah, that's that's we'll a, that's a t- that's a tough question because I feel I feel like, like I. I feel like most people in the world are are good, especially like I th- think people running gear companies and stuff generally have good intentions. I don't think they're out there trying to scam people. So mm. I look at it as more of something like maybe they didn't do their due diligence. And because of okay. that, people are kind of getting ripped off with a piece of gear or something's being pushed that maybe doesn't need to be anymore, maybe, or it's an outdated kind of perspective on things. And then it kind of comes off as a little bit scammy. Like, yeah, I'll, I can give an example with one of the items that it'll kind of really have a good metaphor for what, why I think it's a scam as well. But what, what about you? What, okay. what, what, what are your thoughts around what a gear scam is? So yours is basically like the company has good intentions, but they haven't done their due diligence. There, there's going to be some some issues with the gear at some point along those lines. I, I think one of mine is similar to that. I think that if they're price gouging, they've got crazy prices for what they're offering. Mm-hmm. I think that's definitely like a gear scam. So I'll give you an example. This was actually formerly on my list. I, t- I took it off because I don't want to dig too much into this because I don't have all the stats. But basically, um, if you look at REI brand tents, they, I think it was before, you know, the economy really started to take a little bit of a dive. They, out of nowhere, seemed to double in price for no reason. Like their quality didn't seem to get upgraded. Like it was just kind of the same same gear. I don't even know if they had new models out and suddenly their prices just doubled and their prices are, are a lot more similar to kind of like, you know, the Nemo's and that type of thing or that type of brand. And so to me, I'm like, okay, well, is there any sort of reason for the doubling of price? To me, that's kind of a little bit of a gear scam, yeah. maybe more than a little bit with the, with the price thing. So that's one thing. Yeah. Um, if they release misleading information about their product, and it, you know, it's almost like the clickbait, but for for purchasing, right? They're like, "Oh, your our product will do this," but it doesn't really do that, or doesn't do that well. They're making promises they can't keep. Uh, then that to me is a scam, especially if they haven't done their due diligence. And then something that's whether they intend it or not is just low quality. Like it breaks way too easily. That to yeah. me, like if you know, because backpacking gear is expensive, and so yeah. if you're going to invest in something and it breaks or just like loses its function on the trail, that's a bummer, man. And I, th- and I do think there are companies out there who just fail to test their gear adequately before releasing it, or they expect right. the user to test the gear and then they'll be ready to make some tweaks after the first thousand units kind of fail in a very specific way. And right. yeah, I think that's that's pretty scammy. I think I think some companies are maybe maybe aware that they're doing that and just don't feel bad about it. Right, and I don't know that they're always trying to be you know, trying to be scammy necessarily. There's, you know, some that are out there, but mm-hmm. I think that it's just like, however you want to shake it out, like it ends up being a scam. So I guess we can yeah. categorize these as we go and and kind of like what type of a scam you think it is. But yeah. I've got, man, I got a long list here. I, I'm going to try to narrow it to three. <laughs> how, how many do you have? <laughs> Let's see. I, well, I already knocked off the REI brand 10, so I've probably got like five or six. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to hit that many. So I have a feeling we have some crossover, but uh, I'll let you go first. What do you got? Number All one. Right. 
all of mine are probably going to be pretty controversial. Um, yes. I, I'm not really pulling any punches with these. And uh, okay. there's some pretty big, big names and conglomerates that might come after me. So if you don't hear from me again <laughs> after this podcast, it's I was I've been take, taken out by the first one being the Marie, Merino wool and the Merino wool okay. um, conglomerate out there. I think I think they've I don't think they're a scam in that. They don't perform like that. They're not good, but I don't think, I think there's a lot of promises that are made with Merino wool that don't stack up. Like they, okay. they advertise them as being like, like they dry quickly. They wick fabric, they wick like basically it's, it's advertised as being the best fabric for everything under the sun. Um, <laughs> this is the best fabric for everything. Like make backpacks out of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but there's there, the, the the big kind of failure points that I that I've seen with merino wool based on the field and and the science backs this up too is is that it it doesn't it doesn't dry quickly. It holds on to a ton of moisture. Mm-hmm. Um, it might feel dry, but only into, up until it's saturated, and then um, it's not very durable relative to other fabrics mm. out there out there at all. So okay. like for things like like socks, it the the, the holding on to moisture just I find just leads to a lot of blisters. A lot of people I know who deal with blisters, they switch from Reno wool to a synthetic sock and it okay. solves. Okay. There, I mean, there's a ton of sock companies out there, man, a ton of wool sock companies. When I go to the outdoor retailer show, I always find like, I feel, you know, I find a new one every time there's, you know, just brands everywhere. Just to clarify, are you, so you're not wearing the wool socks and you're wearing synthetic socks. So do you know what the synthetics for the socks are that you're wearing? Like what the materials are? Usually, it's usually I, I try to go for a nylon or a nylon polyester blend, but some ideally yeah. some sort of like odor reduction mechanism in there because that's the gotcha. that's one nice thing about merino it it doesn't stink as quickly. But okay. if, if you're gonna have tons of blisters, I, I think I'd rather take the stink than the blisters. Yeah, honestly, the people that I know that have blisters are more the cotton people. I haven't. Yeah, yeah, or the or the ill-fitting shoe. Well, co- cotton and merino hold about around the same mm. amount of moisture relative like it, it's not that much different for cotton compared to merino wool relative to like a nylon or polyester but the wool does wick though like the it does take the, the moisture away from your foot you're saying that if it gets saturated with like too much sweat or if you you know walk through a stream that's where you're coming into this some problems is that correct yes yeah, okay exactly Okay, so gear. So you're saying that they're providing misleading information and merino does not do everything that that, that it says it does Exactly. That's, okay. that's, that's what, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's bad. I use Merino wool for certain part, like specific use cases, yeah. but for, as a catch all for everything, I, I think, I think there's a, a lot of misleading information out there. Right. Okay. We had Marty Morissette on a few months ago and he said the same thing. He's like, yeah, I don't, I don't use that at all because it also takes, I think he was saying it took the moisture out of the air too. on like on a humid day mm. or humid night or whatever. And so it was making the gear or the, or the clothing actually heavier. So all of it, I still have the, the wool socks. Uh, I do have some synthetic socks as well, so I'll have to pay more attention. So that's a good one, man. I think you're kind of challenging my, my thoughts here. <laughs> I think I think a few, a few of these might, but let's go to one of yours, one of your five. Yeah, I'll get to one. I'm just thinking, I'm still processing through what you're saying, though. Yeah. Like, should I aggressively challenge the wool companies at the next after retailer show? Like, it's coming up, like, next month-ish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, th- I, think, I think you should bring the microphone and do some, uh, I don't know. I don't know what okay. is that twenty two minutes. I think I think you guys were talking about doing a twenty two minutes type episode um, at the outdoor retailer show, and I'll, I'll back you up. I'll uh, I'll be there too. So we'll we'll go and we'll talk to us, to Big Marino. Wait, are you gonna really be there? Are you there? Are you coming? Yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be there. It's Salt Lake City. Yeah. No Salt way. Lake City. Okay. 
mid-June. Okay. All right. We'll connect for sure. I was going to say, um, I'll take a clip of this episode and then I'm just going to show them the clip and be like, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> uh, but I could just be like, Hey, there's the guy right over there. <laughs> I'll just wear a t-shirt. Marino, Marino sucks. See, uh, <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Okay, all right, we'll, we'll still go back to that. That's really interesting. Um, so I, okay, my first one on my list is, um, and for like multiple reasons, I've got ultralight tents. All right. And so I think this is a scam because of the crazy prices. I think that we're yeah. getting, okay. Like, like, are you aware of how expensive some backpacking tents are? The ones that maybe don't get talked about often, like in backpacking circles? Like, are you... Like, what's the high end for a two two person tent that you're aware of? Let me ask you that question. Um, I I think probably the like six to seven hundred dollar range right. of like yep. the Dyneema tents, but then you have like the like Hyperlight Mountain Gear, like probably throwing around like thousand dollar tents, and okay. so that's that's I think that's the high end that I'm aware of. But okay. is there is there higher? Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> I yeah I did some research. Uh, let me introduce you to a tent brand called uh, I think the brand is called Terra Nova. And they have the Terra Nova Voyager Ultra 2. I think they use some material called Ultra. You know, you're, you're the expert there. It's an Ultra 2-person tent. Okay, so this is supposed to be ultralight. I think it's made specifically for adventure racers, but it's in the backpacking realm as well. So two-person tent. I think. So the nice thing about it is it's freestanding, and it has a decent-sized vestibule. Okay. Weighs in at 2.2 pounds as a result. So this is not one of the lightest weight options on the market. No, that's pretty heavy. Yeah, yeah right. So it's currently on sale, on sale, for nineteen hundred eighty dollars, nineteen eighty, and that's 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 American dollars, probably American dollars. Wow, <laughs> that's right. I, I, I should have specified. I've got pounds. I've got miles. I got yeah. I got the, I got the American. You can you can talk grams in the Canadian stuff if you want to, but that's what I got. So uh, nineteen eighty, and that's not, I think it normally is like twenty two hundred. So you compare that to like a hyperlight tent, like you mentioned. The one I looked up recently is like a it's seven hundred bucks. That weighs in at a pound and a half, so you can shave, you know, whatever, like half over half a pound, almost three quarters of a pound, really. But you're still spending seven hundred bucks on that. And so then comparing that to the Nemo Hornet, which is um, you know two pounds yeah. and a few ounces, somewhere in the two to six ounce range, depending upon how you shake it out, at four hundred bucks. Okay, these are all expensive, but if you're comparing between them, like you're shaving less than a pound in some cases, and spending hundreds of dollars or more than a thousand dollars to shave about a pound between the Hyperlite and the Terra Nova. So, like these seem like egregious prices to me to shave a you know, to yeah. shave the same kind of weight you could have by just bringing one water bottle instead of two, essentially, right? Is it because it's a very niche product for for that adventure racing group? Is that how they're getting away with that? Like, who's who's buying a, a tent that that's expensive and still not the lightest weight? <laughs> I know, but adventure racers are also like a lot of them are backpackers, hikers. They do other things, and so it yeah. wouldn't take much for them to find you know a lighter weight option that's in the backpacking realm. I don't know. Huh. Yeah, Inter it's a fair question. I mean, the freestanding thing is nice because if you're because they're typically crashing for just a few hours at a time, so they just want to set something up easy, like throw their gear in there and you know crash out and not to like you know try to balance the trekking poles or tie it out to different stakes or whatever but um i don't know what's your take on the tent market in general like you know upgrade your tent spend the idea is spend hundreds of dollars to shave a couple ounces like what's your thought process there i think people are replacing their tents too quickly and like i okay i've, I've been thinking about this 
quite quite a bit recently as far as like whether we have even seen any durability issues with tents in a, in a long time because they're just getting replaced too quickly. Whereas I remember 10, like when I first started back, I had my first tent for 10 years and it was, wasn't until the PE right, right, um, right. seam ceiling started to peel off that it really like was, exactly. was done. Um, then I could have just, I could have re-seam sealed it. So I think, yeah, tents, tents are getting replaced more often than they need to for pretty marginal gains, I think. But I, I, I get it too. Like right. for a lot of people, the gear aspect of backpacking is part of the hobby and they, and it's enjoyable and like buying gear and selling their gear is, is part of the experience. So I, I get it, but, um, I don't, if okay. I was out there and I was a new backpacker, I wouldn't like, I would, I would want to tell a new backpacker, like, don't feel like you have to go buy hundreds of dollars in, in gear. Like you could pick up like a six moon designs tent for like $200 or which right. is very lightweight or like a land shan tent. Um, mm-hmm. but the, the other, the other thing I want, I want to bring up with tents that you just got me thinking about, cause I just looked this up the most, can you guess what the most expensive tent at REI is and what that price is? Okay. Most expensive tent at REI. Well, I know that REI started carrying the Hyperlite stuff, but they also, they're big on the big Agnes. It's gotta be one of the big Agnes ones. And I'm guessing, I'll say like, are you saying for like a two person or are you talking like for like any size, any whatever and any size anything, oh yeah. well, that's got to be some sort of like big agnes like six man nine hundred dollar tent am i close not not you're you're an or, order of magnitude off it's a ten thousand dollar <laughs> car roof rooftop tent for a car oh my gosh ten thousand dollars and if you look at like okay. the most expensive tents it's like top five rooftop i don't know what the deal is with rooftop tents uh-huh. but they're they're insanely priced okay they're, they're, they're they cost more than my car like double the cost of my car <laughs> <laughs> ten thousand dollars okay yeah so you got me on that one man yeah not even close okay i was thinking backpacking style but um people like sleeping on the tops of their cars apparently and uh yeah yeah okay i <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm speechless i got no response all right so okay that was my number one was uh was tent Tent magnitude, that's a good word, so I'll stick with that one. Um, what you got for number two? Number two is is Gore-Tex. And that's that's for the same kind of the same reason as Merino Wool in that they make a lot of promises, but I think it it ties into a little bit more as to what you're saying. A little uh, I think you you kinda you kinda hit that as far as like monopolies with gear or like people feeling like they need to have a certain piece of gear. And I, I know a lot of people like they won't buy a shell or a rain jacket that's not made with Gore-Tex just because the, the Gore-Tex has done such a good job making their name mm-hmm. known and being like the the pinnacle for quality. And then they've attached themselves very strongly to brands like Arcteryx who are considered a high quality brand right. because of their prices and everything. So, um, and, but Gore-Tex's technology is, is decades, decades old. It, ha- it hasn't changed, even though they've changed the names of everything. Um, their technology hasn't, hasn't changed. And at this point, I think it's, it's outdated technology that doesn't, perform in the way that people want it to be performing as Mm -hmm. far as like the breathability aspect like it's going to keep you waterproof it's going to block the wind it's going to be durable but if people want something that's going to be a little bit more breathable um yeah it's it's really not going to be the the right product for and and i think it's overpriced there's a lot of other products that perform just as well that are a fraction of the price right I mean, the whole concept of like waterproof and breathable sounds amazing. Like the water can't get into like your body, like it can't penetrate the shell, 
but your sweat can, it can go the other way, right? Like it sounds magical. Um, I think we did an episode a few years ago on this where like, I think I had to look up like the science behind it, but it was like scientifically impossible for it to be raining outside and for your Gore-Tex to be like, you know, wicking sweat away and having it evaporate through the jacket. Like it was just scientifically yeah. impossible. I think the only, the closest thing that could happen is if it was snowing outside, it could kind of work. But then that place that at that point, you don't necessarily need a waterproof jacket or like a rain jacket. You might want another one instead. And so, yeah, I don't, I think that's, I think that's a really good one. Like that's just a scam out the gate, like waterproof. Yes. Breathable. No. Right. Yeah, exactly. And especially with, a, with a product like Gore-Tex where it requires, where it relies on vapor pressure as opposed to like right. air permeability, y- your body doesn't produce much vapor. So you're having to sweat, use your body heat to evaporate that sweat. So you're going to be sweat. You're going to be sweating. You're going to be wet no matter what. Right. You had some good vocabulary words in there. I, I thought the word sublimation somehow fit in there. Is that correct, or does that not relate? I, I don't know what what uh, <laughs> <laughs> what phase change sublimation is. I, I, don't I, know. I, I, I feel I feel like you've talked about sublimation before on the podcast, and, you, and okay. I think you got it. I looked it up. Um, so okay. whatever's in your brain as far as the definition of sublimation, I think you're correct. <laughs> I think I knew what I was talking about at the time, but I don't know what it means anymore. So I have to look it up again. But anyway, you sound like, you know, your vocabulary words. So I'll just stick with whatever you just said. <laughs> I used to be a scientist. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Trust Justin's thoughts then. Yeah. All right. So I feel like all of my answers could really revolve around the tent industry. I'll just do two. So I got one more tent one. All right. Yeah. Uh, and this doesn't apply to all brands. This applies to... A lot of the ultralight brands, though, when they say that a tent is like a two-man or a two-person tent, I just think that they're misleading or just downright lying. I, I just think they're liars. I think that if you're talking about like throwing like a couple supermodels in there, or you know, or throwing some like ultra marathon runner, like really slight men in there, like you could uncomfortably fit a lot of them in the, some of those two-person tents. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times, at best, it's like a one and a half, where it's like you and a dog or you and like a little kid or you and some gear. And so I think that they're misleading people with the labeling of the tents. What do you think about that? Yeah, I I agree. How big are you? Like how tall and how much do you weigh? Just to get personal about it. Oh, let's, let's play the game. Let's, let's play the guessing game here. Um, based on just having listened to me and seen just this (laughs) on the YouTube (laughs) channel, um, what what would you guess? Big guy, small guy, medium. So the fact that that, that your head is kind of like like right at the top. That's bad camera work. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna guess five eleven, hundred and seventy pounds. Hey, not too bad. Yeah, I'm like six two, six three, and I'm down to one eighty three ish. I was I was a lot bigger a few months ago. I was, I was like at two hundred three okay. about like back in December. So yeah, so I know that I know that like for me, I think I know what you're gonna say you're gonna say like. I might be more sensitive to this because I'm not fitting in the tent. You're on the taller end. Like, I don't, I don't think there's really any tents made for like that are well designed for over six foot, especially up to six foot three. But like, I, like I probably consider myself like as average as you can get for size. Like I'm a, I'm five ten, 180 pounds. I fit into like a size okay. medium pretty much across the board, maybe a size large sometimes, but, and, and I have troubles fitting in these tents. So I, I agree with you. Like it, you like, I don't think two of me fit into 80% of two person tents out there. Okay. I will say that like early days talk about, you know, when you owned your tent forever, I had like a Sierra designs, like night watch something. It was a two person tent. And one of my best buddies at the time back in college was, uh, the size of a, an NFL tight end. So he was six, five 
and like all he did was lift weights. He was just super muscular. And we got into the middle of a hailstorm where we had to hang out in the tent, just him and me for a long time. Man, we had plenty of space. So <laughs> I, 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 I know they're trying to, I get the thought they're trying to trim weight. So I totally get it. And they want to, they want to package it down. They just got to be real with their, you know, like label it as like a one plus or a 1.5. So exactly. I think, I think that'd be, that'd be smart. I think tent manufacturers also need to keep up with the times as far as pads are getting wider, pads are getting thicker. Like they, mm-hmm. they need to, they need to accommodate for that because most people are carrying 25 inch pads these days. And if you're, and if right. you can't accommodate two 25-inch pads, you're probably not a two-person tent oh. in this day and age. No, I got a tent. It's like, I don't know, it's like the Big Agnes Seed House. It's like, a, I've had it for a while. And that, I can actually fit in pretty well. That one, I feel like, is a true two. Like, I've been in that one with Derek. But you're right, with the extra wide pad, like, the, that's not happening. <laughs> so, 100% on that one. All right, uh, next one. You got one more? I got one more. And, and I kind of alluded the, okay. to this one in the beginning. That's that's tent fo- footprints. And yes. this with this one, I think it's kind of a throw. It's it's, bit, it's twofold. I think it's a throwback to back in the day when tents were not as durable. But even then, like I, I've never used a tent footprint and I've never had a tent just wear the bottom, just wear out on me. So it's mm-hmm. um, like I can see like, but you, like if, maybe if there's like pokey things or something, but just clear, just clear those out before you put your tent down right. or like walk around, set up a, a manual footprint. I think the other thing that I think we're seeing with it is that it's it's kind of like when you go to Best Buy and you want to buy a, a TV and they want and they offer you like the three years of insurance or whatever or like <laughs> coverage. That's the scam right there. <laughs> that's that's I, people are walking into REI and they're buying a tent and they're like, but do you want the the footprint insurance? Like this will keep your right. tent lasting longer. And right, people right, are right. like, well, yeah, I want my tent to last longer, and for fifty extra dollars, it seems like it's worth right. the investment, but. I think it's a waste yeah. of money and then also a waste of weight to carry on uh, right. on trail. Okay. I mean, you you know you're speaking my language, the footprint stuff. I will say that we got a tent. I think it was like version 1.0 of one of the uh, Outdoor Vitals, like one-man tents. This is like years ago. And that one now has holes in the bottom. Okay. It wasn't me that was using it. It was one of my buddies. I don't know what the scenario was, but that's like the only tent I've seen with holes in the bottom. The other question I had was I've had I've heard a lot of people that have the really expensive tents where they, like they're, you know, the, the material's really thin, so they want something down below because it's more likely to kind of chafe or, or get those little mini holes. Are, what do you think about that? Is, is it worth it for the really expensive tents, or you think that, that those are still solid enough where that's not going to be a problem? I think may, maybe it depends on on your, like, who you are as a, as a user. Like, if you're someone who is like, I, I don't, I can't even really think of a scenario where you're like rubbing your tent along the ground. Like I set my tent up, I put my sleeping pad on it and then that floor doesn't really move very much if okay. at all at that point. Um, okay. so like I, I've used, I've used a couple of Z-Pax tents, like expensive floors. Um, and Dyneema is not the most abrasion resi- abrasion resistant fabric and okay. they've been, they've been They've been, they've been going fine. Like not even like a hint of, of, um, of where like potential holes in them. And I, yeah, I don't use a footprint. I'm not even very that care. I'm not that careful with how I set them up or where I set them up either. So, yeah. All right. I got one more on my end here. Oh man. Maybe I'll go two more. Cause there's, I get, I got two that I feel really strongly about. Um, so one is the freeze dried food. I don't think this is gear, but it kind of like, you know, goes in your backpack and I'm going to specifically pick on mountain house chicken and rice, $11. Chicken and rice, three ingredients, chicken, yeah. rice, spices. 
That's it. $11. Um, some of their like, you know, fancier ones like lasagna that have multiple ingredients and have meat and that kind of thing. Same price. So why is the chicken and rice $11? I think there's some price gouging going on there. And uh, yeah, so I'm not a big fan of the Mountain House. Like, you know, with the very basic ingredients or the mac and cheese, which is just a, yeah. essentially just the craft macaroni and cheese kind of, you know, dollar at the store kind of thing. They haven't really changed up their meals in the last 10 years either. So it's not like they're investing a lot of money into chefs and, and innovation. So maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe bring the prices down a little bit. Okay, Jess, you got you to bring this down for me. There's a couple companies in the backpacking industry that are like this. They are literally sticking with, they, with what they have. Other companies are coming out and competing and doing better than them, yet these companies are surviving. Like how? How is this working? In a lot of cases, I think it's just good good marketing maybe, and people don't like change. Probably okay. a little bit of column A, a little bit of right. column B. That's okay. But Fair enough. Like, like, right. Gore, like Gore-Tex is, is an example. Like I... I think it's just great marketing as well as maybe some aggressive practices with outdoor, like with retailers where they're saying like, you have to carry our stuff and not carry other people. So um, like brands like Polar Tech with their Neo shell kind of got just destroyed in the market because no one would use their stuff because of bullying from, from Gore-Tex. Bullying, bullying. Okay. Let's pretend that Gore-Tex is at the outdoor retailer show. And I don't know if you're planning to record like video, audio, you're doing this for your, you know, your video YouTube channel or for your podcast. Are you the guy who's going to go up and like challenge the companies? Are you going to say something like, Hey, so Gore-Tex like waterproof, breathable. Yeah. And they say, yeah. And you say something like, have you always been a liar? Like, is that you? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not an outdoor retailer. I'm not, I'm not uh, good at thinking on my feet like that. So if they, if they came at me with some like really smart, good response, I'd just be like, Oh, okay. Sounds good. And then I'd, then I'd walk away. <laughs> I'll react <laughs> <Yeah>. later. <laughs> I'll react behind yeah, I'll your try, back. I'll try to show my YouTube channel <laughs> behind your back. But I, I do plan okay. on bringing some of these brands onto the podcast and asking them some pretty tough questions about their products that I don't think are uh, okay. living up to, to the promises. So we'll see, see how that goes. Oh, okay. So you are going to be asked, asked pointed questions then. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's okay. my goal is, and I'll, I'll let brands kind of not answer, but I feel like a, like a no comment speaks speaks for itself as well all right you have to okay here's some unsolicited advice about that is if you hit on some pretty big brands you got to make sure you talk to somebody who knows what they're talking about we yeah. had so i i interviewed sawyer a couple of years ago and i was so excited because i had i was gonna like challenge them on their snake bite kit i had all sorts of stuff and it was like this somebody who's very young this very nice lady who was just so excited to be on a podcast but she didn't you know she like wasn't super experienced with the company and they just were like, Hey, why don't you just get some experience talking like public speaking kind of a thing. And I was like, I can't challenge that. That's not Mm -hmm. appropriate. So anyway, so just, you gotta, I don't know. You gotta make sure you're talking to the right person. I I, I tell them, I don't want your marketing, your marketing rep or your marketing person. I encourage them very highly to give me the engineering person, like a designer engineer, because otherwise the person probably won't be able to answer the questions. Gotcha. All right. So far, they've all been good about sending over uh, knowledgeable people. Not maybe not the most engaging podcasters, but they've all done they've all done great. And uh, I think they surprise themselves when okay. they pop on the podcast and just start nerding out. It's been fun. Right. Right. Well, we had and we had um, the guy. I don't know how well you know him, but we had the guy that um, designed the Mystery Ranch or is designing the Mystery Ranch packs currently. It's like the son of hmm. his name is Dana. Like Dana Designs was the original pack company, and so we had him on. 
like at the after retailer show and he was like super engaging and I could have kept on talking to that guy. He was like super fun to talk to and had very thoughtful answers with everything. So you just never know who you're going to get. But anyway, last yeah. one I want to share is yeah. bear canisters. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know why this is a scam. I don't know if there's like a partnership between national parks or specifically like the Sierra, you know, national park system, the Sequoia, Kings Canyon, Yosemite. I don't know. But I will say, so we just had a Canyonlands trip and we still haven't done a trip report on that. We got it. That's coming, folks. It's coming. But we got, I had, you know, they require you to bring the bear canisters in Canyonlands. A bear has never taken food from a backpacker in Canyonlands ever and rarely shows up. They rarely come down from the high country. And so, uh, but they require not the ursacs, but bear canisters specifically. So uh, one guy, Nate from Colorado Springs, followed the rules, had a bear canister. He had it like up high on his pack. And when you're doing desert backpacking, like you have a pretty hefty pack on. And so it, at one point as we're like clambering over some rocks, it slipped out and just kind of like fell a little ways, not very far. And the lid popped off. And I know that bears can pop off lids. Uh, bears can, even if they can't get the lid off, like they'll roll the cans away from your campsite if you're in a bear centered area so that you might not ever find your food again. Like this just seems like just yeah. an all around like bad solution to a problem. What do you think? Yeah, I don't, I don't know much about bear canisters, but I've heard some stories about bears figuring them out as well as like, like pushing them places and like pushing rocks on them or like pushing them off cliffs and like trying all sorts of things to get right. get into them. And I, th I think it, you you kind of have a catch. Is it would, would it be a catch twenty two where in areas where the bears are very smart, like the bear canister is probably not going to work anyways. And right. in areas where you yep. don't have habituated bears like that you probably don't need a bear canister. Right, correct, 100%. So. And so the areas that you do yeah. need one, I would just say put in those like bear wires where you can kind of raise up your pack or raise up your your food bag or the, or the smelly stuff and put those in like the high centered areas where the bears know where to go. You don't have to put it in the backcountry, you know, bear lockers. Did you see the video? There's one, I think it was in like the Banff area where like the bear got figured out how to open the bear locker. Yeah, that was, I remember seeing yeah. that. And I, I saw that bear when I was at that campsite. It was on the Great Divide Trail. Um, <laughs> oh right? I didn't see it open the lockers, but it was circling okay. circling around uh, right. at, at that at that point still. But that was crazy being yeah. able to yeah figure that out. The wires are way cheaper, I think, than the bear boxes and definitely the bear lockers. And so anyway, I just think this is a big, big old scam. And, and they've been requiring this for years and it's just not... It's not solving the problem. The bears are still aggressive with the food. And so I think it's time. It's time, folks, to uh, say no to bear canisters. I think I think if, if it's areas where there's enough people going, they need yeah need to put in either the wires or or lockers that have like a double clamp system on it. And and then right. and that solves makes it easy for everybody. Absolutely. So and if it's in the backcountry, then the bears probably if it's in the super backcountry and it's random camping, bears probably aren't habituated to those areas and you can get away with within ursac for the most part for the most yeah exactly all right cool man well, i think we agreed on all these man this is yeah you're talking about controversial stuff but this is yeah i mean or i guess i didn't agree with everything you said because i just you're just more knowledgeable than me but i'll take it <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what the comments say uh if anyone if yeah well, disagrees. exactly <laughs> exactly well there's more i got more on my list we'll, we'll circle back we'll do like a part two this episode at some point but um yeah. all right before we get to trivia justin i got to do a review for a hyper light Mountain Gear Southwest 55 liter backpack that I've recently tried out, gotten a hold of. And these are very popular. Very popular. They're lightweight. Um, a lot of folks that I trust that know their gear stuff use these packs. So I was really excited to try this out. Uh, you said you wore it for a little bit. What was your experience with it? Yeah, I, I got to test it out 
briefly on a trip and um i was curious about it too because i think it's it's one of the top three most popular packs on like the cdt at pct oh, yeah it's it's out there all over the place but um it was it was pretty good the only problem i had was i have pretty short stubby arms and inflexible shoulders and i couldn't reach the water bottle water bottle in the side pocket um when i was okay. trying to get it. and that's that's a problem with me with a lot of packs so i need a pack that has specifically made side pockets for that but well you're being very humble i think yeah. it's a problem with most packs where like some of the packs have the angled like pocket you can kind of reach around in mm -hmm. but most packs you can't or if you can grab it out you can't put it back in you gotta have somebody else put it back in or you take your pack off so yeah. um every once in a while i have a pack where i can actually like kind of get it. it just depends upon how full my pack is too how tight that is up against that that pocket but what would it was like for you with this pack were you able to to grab it uh i think i was i do you remember uh, no. Oh, nice. Man, that's a great question. You're putting me on the spot here. I'll go back and try to be continued on that one. But um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So if you want like the deeper dive with gear and the design behind it, you got to check out Justin's podcast. Maybe he'll do an episode on Hyperlight Mountain Gear. But for we do the case kind of the, the surface stuff. 2.2 pounds for size medium. Um, it, it's designed to comfortably carry 40 pounds. I think that it, it achieves that. It's made from the DC 150 material, which is, you know, abrasion resistant it's water resistant some people don't bring like the pack covers as a result when they're you know using this packs so they're saving an extra piece of gear cost and weight there i think this is this could be a solution for somebody who's looking for kind of a trimmed down lightweight pack that's uh, somewhat versatile with the kind of weight that it can carry who doesn't mind going with a few luxuries like it doesn't have the top lid for example it doesn't have a lot of extra pockets it's just a very simple design pack and it has an adjustable frame you can kind of you know, play around with the, the metal bars in it and, and try to adjust it to your personal frame. Uh, but what I will say is, is sometimes when I'm packing, I, I fully load out my pack. And so I tried this fully loaded out. So it's maxed out. And I'll show you, for those that are on YouTube, I'll show you a video of, of me walking with it fully loaded out. It's dang tall. All right. So I was on a local trail with it and I hit, the pack hit a tree branch that I was not expecting because my pack doesn't typically hit a tree branch that's at that, you know, that high basically. And it kind of caught me by surprise. And so, and so it just looks like this long tube and I, I just don't know if it works or if it functions the way that I want it to when it's fully loaded out. So that's kind of my one knock on it, which for me, it's kind of a big knock because I'm already pretty tall. So I'm already ducking below tree branches as it is. Yeah. So was it above your head when it was fully, fully yeah. loaded? Wow. Yeah. I know you that's, can't that's see the crazy. video yet because I haven't, I haven't inserted it in, but yeah, it goes above my head. So that's why, like, I didn't have to duck for the tree branch, but I did because of the pack and I wasn't expecting to. So I was like, oh, it kind of caught me by surprise. I, I do like the roll top for that versatility, though. You can kind of roll it down as little as you need or you do have that extra volume if you're if you're going to really load it up like like you did. But it's it, I think I, I, I like the simple, the more simple, basic design packs like like the hyperlate southwest i like that um design and the, the materials i have a pack made for from a sim the same material and it is nice to it not have it not have it absorb moisture um when it's raining right. or snowing it okay it's, it's a nice feature then you don't have to dry the pack out it's not holding on to a lot of wetness it's good so do you so you don't bring like a pack cover or do you have like an interior pack liner or, or what do you do i i always still use a pack liner with it Okay. Yeah. So, gotcha. so I, have the, I have their winter winter version for like ski touring and and winter I, winter ultralight trips. So I know that some people will not even use the pack liner. They'll just have whatever that needs to be waterproof will be in some sort of water resistant or waterproof bag, like their sleeping 
bag, for example, inside the pack. So some people are really skimping on that. But um, yeah, overall, I think, yeah, for what you're saying, like a trimmed down pack, like I'm taught my issues when it's fully mat loaded out and not everybody fully loads it out. You know, people that are more efficient with their gear. I was just, you know, taking on a training hike at that point, And that's kind of what that looked like. So, uh, yeah. yeah, so it could be a solution if you're looking for a lightweight pack and that rides well. A lot of the lightweight packs don't carry the heavier weights all that well. If you need to kind of pack in water, like you're going to the desert or whatever. And so that could be a solution for you. So that's, that's that. All right. I got scam trivia, Justin, for you coming up right after nice. this. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Are you looking to be less sore, a stronger climber, or simply faster on the trail? Then check out the Training for Trekking podcast. These bite-sized episodes are full of excellent information that can improve your trail performance. He's specially trained in sports science and strength and conditioning to get your body in the right shape and prepared for adventure. Check out the Training for Trekking podcast wherever you get your podcast. Scam Trivia is brought to you by Vacluse Gear. Want more ventilation on your back when backpacking? Looking to sweat less on the trails this summer? Check out Vacluse's Ultralight Ventilation Backpack Frame an accessory that installs on your favorite pack and creates a ventilating airflow gap. The Generation 2 is being released right now. Don't sweat the big stuff. Use code BLISTERS for 10 bucks off at VaclusGear.com. So here's the scam trivia. You got to decide if what I'm describing to you is like authentic, essentially like not a scam, like an authentic product or a scam product. That's it. True or false or like scam, no scam? Authentic or scam, yeah. Okay, so 50-50 chance. 50-50. If you're like Derek, and then you, it's kind of more than 50-50 because like I'll say true or false, and he'll say yes. 
And that is technically incorrect. <laughs> and so you got to follow along. Authentic or scam? <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Um, and so what I mean by that is like, does it does it do what it says it does? Is it like, first of all, is it real? Does it do what it says it does? And if it kind of doesn't meet that criteria, then it's a scam. All right? Okay. Okay. Number one. Gossamer Gears Crotch Pot. All right. Are you familiar with this, this product? I am familiar with it. I, haven't, I thought you I, might be. I haven't been able to try one out yet, but it's it's on my list. Yet. I, <laughs> I don't like okay. cold soaking. Um, it's not cold soaking. It heats up yeah, your food, man. Ex- exactly. It's like next. <laughs> it's in, in between cold soaking and um, heating it up. Right. So you put this, so you put your um, cold soaked food your uh right your chicken and rice it's inside the crotch pot and then you put it inside your pants and let your body heat heat it up hmm. authentic what do you think so i'm gonna i'm gonna say authentic okay because... uh, i'm not sure what the temperatures get to so i'm not right. sure if you're like cooking chicken with it but <laughs> well it's just rehydrating so you're not you're not really cooking i guess right? yeah yeah <laughs> maybe <laughs> if like raw chicken in there <laughs> what happens if you like go to bed with it down there and then you wake oh, up eight man. hours later it's kind of like a crock pot <laughs> <laughs> crotch a crock, pot? <laughs> a crock crotch pot <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh i slept with my chicken i have a feeling that's not edible at that point <laughs> <Just> saying... <laughs> yeah oh wow might have some funky flavors in there yes <laughs> Okay, so you're saying authentic. All right, so, okay, you haven't used it. I haven't used it, so I had to actually go with what reviews they had on there. Like, did it actually do what it said it did? And they didn't have very many reviews on their website. I think they had eight, and it's been out for a while. And uh, it was like five stars, man. Like, everybody was saying that it was, like, kind of ridiculous, but that it worked. So, correct, correct. I, I'm going to get one. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm- announcing it right now i'm gonna get one of those i'm gonna do full-on scientific tests of temperature and (laughs) everything like that see uh rehydration times and compare that to like hot boiling water we'll see yeah i'll come back and let you guys know maybe i'll bring like eight of them for everyone on the trip in in uh in july right (laughs) well we had lloyd on our show back in january lloyd from uh garage grown gear and, and so we were running, I was running some ideas by him. Like that was kind of like in this vein of thought here. And he's like, that stuff sells like people buy that stuff, you know, like you're not going to sell a ton of that stuff, but it's, you know, it's kind of a conversation thing. So they've had it on their site for a while. They're still selling them, man. I don't know how that's working. All right. Next one. Yep. This is not necessarily related to backpacking, but it could be. All right. This is a, something that recently sold at auction for $20,000. It's called a vampire slaying kit. $20,000. All right. This is a vampire slang kit that was once owned by the former administrator of British India more than two centuries ago. I don't know who ended up with it, but they sold it for $20,000. It's a lockable box. It contains lo- like a long and chilling list of items like um, a crucifix, a wooden mallet, brass candlesticks, and some Metropolitan Police paperwork from the era. Authentic or scam? What are we thinking here? $20,000 it sold for. I, f- I feel like that exists, but I'm not. I'm not sure about the... It does. I'm telling you, it does. I'm telling you, it exists. I'm going to say scam. (laughs) Scam. Okay. So what you're suggesting is that if you were to purchase this, if you could afford this and you came, like you encountered some like backpacking vampires, you don't think it would work. I think you need some garlic in there. Like I, I didn't hear garlic listed, but I've heard garlic (laughs) is really effective. Like maybe some silver, no silver's for werewolves. So yeah. 
There's probably some crossover effects, though. Probably, probably can't hurt. Silver can't hurt the vampires. Yeah. Okay, so the garlic, like, this is this thing's 200 years old, this, this whole kit. So the garlic, yeah. would you use the garlic that was 200 years old? Probably wouldn't be as effective. Yeah. Might lose its potency. Yeah. Why does the British India, like, administrator of British India, why does he have this, you think? Like, are there a lot of vampires in India? I'm guessing it's part of just like the the welcome kit. Like uh, you become an administrator <laughs> of a British colony. You're part of the Commonwealth. It's like, here's your saber and vampire right. kit. <laughs> <laughs> saber and vampire kit. All right. This is a scam, man. I don't, I don't think there's vampires out there, so I don't think this works either. So, all right. Yeah. You've passed trivia. The third one you already had on your list. I just threw it on there for fun. It was the footprint. Authentic or scam? <laughs> yeah, scam. <laughs> scam. Oh my gosh! All right, you're you're a trivia genius. Uh, all right, man. Well, hey, you, we've hit all the marks here. We've hit all the backpacking scams. We just have tidbits left, and I saved the tidbit section for you. So if you don't mind sharing, like what you got going on, like coming up, maybe with your podcast and YouTube channel, any 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 good videos coming out or anything we can look forward to, and and remind us all how to find you with both of those, if you don't mind. For sure. Yeah. So. The YouTube channel, just Justin Outdoors. Um, got May. May is going to be a very fun month with like content almost every single day coming out through the month of month wow. of May. It's it's going to be insane. Okay. Um, a lot. Like you're talking like YouTube Shorts, or are you talking like just full videos, or what do you got? Kind of kind of everything. Like like the about okay. about seven days a week there'll either be a short, a video, a review, or a podcast episode coming out throughout the month of okay. month of May. Um, Dang, man. just to okay. get people kind of ready for the season and a lot of the big focus for me is, is going to be comfort. So a lot of videos on, on comfort gear, gear that is the most comfortable, but while also saving weight, it's, it's kind of like not just comfortable from like a, your body feels good perspective, but comfortable on the wallet, comfortable on your back, that sort of thing. So it'll be, oh, uh, okay. that's, that's kind of the theme. And then the podcast is a uh, gear priority podcast with Justin outdoors um, searchable kind of everywhere. It's on YouTube, Spotify, Apple. And the, the, the next guest coming up is, is Steven, who you guys just had on. Um, and we're, Oh yeah. And we're talking about tents. Like we, we kind of talked about it a little bit and we don't think there's that many people in the world who have tested out the, the amount of tents combined that we've looked at. So we talk about okay. some, some of the, some of the, tre the trends for 2023 with regards to tents and we don't hold any punches. We, we talk about the most overrated tent and, and things like that okay. on, on that podcast. So yeah. are you, okay. I'm guessing that like it, we're not going to have similar content. Like you're not going to accuse him of having a fake beard on your episode. Is that accurate? I, I compliment his beard. I, I'm a little bit more gracious with my okay. guests. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was one thing that like, after I went back and, and re-listened to the episode from a couple weeks ago, I was like, man, Derek literally just met the guy and is accusing him of having a fake beard. Like he's got some, some guts I don't have. So that was probably my favorite part of the You guys, you guys stumped Steven a couple of times on that. It was, it was a, fun episode to listen yeah to he's it. like i don't know how to respond he's like i don't like what's going on here anyway so okay awesome i'll have the links in our show description both on youtube and on the audio app so check out uh justin's audio podcast video podcast youtube channel you'll be smarter for it. I've, I've literally bought gear as a result of watching justin's videos and the gear that i bought i'm very happy with so i i trust his analysis and judgment and man it's been such an honor to have you on the show as a co-host we so, so appreciate it, and man, I hope we could do this again. Thanks very much. I really appreciate it, and thanks for allowing me to kind of talk about the podcast on here, and 
and talk about some gear scams. I think we help some people out. Yeah, and also have have companies coming after us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. More, probably more you. Yeah. So, all right. Yep. Uh, that's all I got, guys. Have a great week. God bless. I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life. Four in the morning. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Birds up in the sky.